So this is going to be part two of the interview with Paul. And what we're going to be talking about are the expectations on indie games. Um, expectations on indie games in comparison to AAA games. So, Paul. Hello. <laughs> What's going on? Bone Salesman here. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, uh, well, what's a AAA game that you picked up recently? Well, there's one I, I definitely want to talk about. Watchdog Legion. You ever heard of it? Yeah, Watchdogs Legion. I've seen you play it a little, a little bit. Dude, I had high hopes for that game, uh, and it just just did not deliver. Um, besides that, I guess the only other AAA game that I really played was uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah, uh, and Watchdogs. I know they're not the most recent, but um, out of all games, and then the Final Fantasy Seven uh, remake because it was free on PSN. So uh, I guess those are three are the most recent uh, AAA games I played. Um, and what can I say about Watchdog Legion? It was it was messy, um, monotonous. Uh, the concept was fun, but uh, the writing, the dialogue, uh, everything else in between is just painful. Um, I, I just couldn't, it was fun. I, I, I couldn't get myself to complete it just because it was just me doing the same thing over and over again. I like the Watchdog 1 and 2, um, but it just didn't pan out for me. Um, for Cyberpunk, I really enjoyed that game. It was messy on launch and I'm running it on a GTX 1070 Ti. So... I'm barely getting 30 frames per second. So it's the experience for me was still good despite the performance I was lacking. Uh, the story, the side quests, the world they built, uh, I, I enjoyed everything um, grinding that game. I love the combat. Uh, it, it was just a little funny that I could. <laughs> You know, even on my, my friends bought bought it on a PS4 on console, and they had a pretty bad experience because the the PS4 had really bad performance issues. So uh, they couldn't get themselves to play it through, right? So um, I know they just released another big patch to fix a lot of bugs. Um, I only ran into one or two that kind of were frustrating. That I couldn't complete a quest or something. Other than that, I mean, wasn't a big deal. And then I played the Final Fantasy VII remake, which was absolutely amazing. Beautiful game. I was talking to you a little bit about this. It was a little grindy. Um, there were some parts. I mean, me and you played the original one. So the original one's grindy, but like for Final Fantasy VII remake, that game was delayed. And then it came out great. For Cyberpunk, it was delayed several times and uh, kind of fell on itself publicly, very publicly. It, it you know, it got uh, it got stepped on a lot. I got something to that. Yeah. Um, do you think that Final Fantasy VII had the same type of hype that Cyberpunk did? Oh, definitely. 
You think so? Out of all, because I think out of all the Final Fantasies, right? Which ones do people know the most? Definitely seven and ten. Um, and it's it's like people's favorite storyline, kind of. It's it's one of the more memorable. Personally, I think I like six better. Uh, at least the story, but uh, seven was just. It just came out around the right right time, right? You know, PS one, and uh, it was just a big epic story on um, Polygon graphics. <laughs> but graphics didn't really matter. So, I think people what what people wanted to see was after fifteen, they saw what Square Enix could do with the graphics. You know, they wanted to see a remake of one of the other ones, right? So, I think the best one to start off with was definitely set Final Fantasy seven. Um, I think there was a lot of hype around it. I mean, when it came out, I was excited for it. Well, I meant more along the lines of like, uh, like all the whispers, like when it was just a whisper. Because I remember Final Fantasy VII being talked about when, if I remember correctly, at the announcement of the PS4. Mm. And I could be wrong. My my years could be mixed up. But I remember it being in its infancy as far as um, like gameplay graphics and what they were trying to do with it. And that's where Sony did really great by actually showing them like pre-alpha gameplay of the game. Right. And then they show it like going through its stages. So maybe that's just a management thing. Actually, it is a management thing because Cyberpunk's uh, CD Projekt Red they the way they handled this this game was just bad but i'm not going to try i'm not going to try and like get too heavy into that because so many other people have covered that already right but i think it's just a, a common expectation to kind of be put into the know and the only other company or game uh fails to to deliver every time is a uh, star citizen <laughs> <laughs> like that that one game, if I'm not mistaken, is the most funded game in all of gaming history. Last I checked, it was like three hundred and eighty seven million dollars just crowdfunded for that game. Yeah, you got because you got people who they got all these uh, rewards, you know, oh, we'll name a ship after you. Oh, we'll name this big frigate for you or you'll have all these ships. But I mean, at some point it's like and they have a roadmap, right? I think and they not never to- do it. Not too long ago, they had a roadmap to the roadmap. Okay, this is the roadmap to when we're actually get. And and I thought about that with Cyberpunk kind of because Cyberpunk's been in the works a long time, and they did have gameplay previews. And and the frustrating thing is a lot of things that were in the gameplay previews never were in the game. Like they had to cut it out. Like a lot of stuff had to get cut out. And the problem with Cyberpunk was the investors were not patient. They they put money into the game. And the investors wanted to cash out because it's like, okay, well, we want our money. With Star Citizen, you're not seeing that. You see people, they're, they're, they don't care how much money they put in. They're willing to wait. For, for God knows what reason, I don't know. I mean, that kind of answers that question. Because with Star Citizen, you're, you're funding a, a nerd's dream. From what my friend Danny was telling me, because like he's a huge fan of Star Citizen, he was explaining to me, and I'm not entirely sure how true this is. Okay, but if I'll look a little bit more into it, and then I'll just drop a link into it. Um, he was telling me that Star Citizen ended up developing their own version of ray tracing before ray tracing was even a thing. Really? Yep. 
So, I mean, if that is true, that's big if true. Yeah. And that's very under, uh, you know, underappreciated because it just goes to show you have really brilliant minds working behind a, I would say, probably like a modern marvel of gaming. Right. Well, I mean, something like that, I mean, performance and uh, graphics, like, okay, I think that's interesting that they came up with some some sort like a visual display like that. But where does the gameplay come in? Like, okay, um, like with Cyberpunk, you know, the coolest thing was the like a lot of things are inspired from this series, like the books, the the original books. Like you got Ridley Scott films like Alien, uh, Blade Runner, um, so many things inspired from Cyberpunk. And now we're seeing like a true adaptation of that world into a game, into an open world game. So it was really exciting. Um, and they executed well on the world and the lore aspects, but it's like, it's cool that you put that in. And for people like me and my other friend, you know, who are reading the hollow discs and we're reading the books in game and we're learning more about the lore that was in the books and stuff. We enjoy that. But the common person who, who plays it, maybe, you know, they just want to, run around with a katana and, and kill people in like at least 60 frames per second on their on their PS4. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what they want to do. They want to drive around without it being glitchy and they want to play the game. And uh, they, the developers talked about this and they were like, well, we were building the game to be super like visually impressive, right? Like that's what they're – and then they were like, well, we figure we can scale it back later on. The closer they got to the release date, the, the more they realized that they couldn't scale back because uh, they had put so much stuff into it. Like lower grade consoles and PCs just couldn't run it. So like on Metacritic, if you look at the PC user scores versus the console user scores, the PC ones like averages around 85, whereas the console is around 50, 55. And that's because they couldn't play it. And that's the biggest thing you for your game. You got to be able to play it, right? For So like, okay, Star Citizen can come up with ray tracing. That's cool. But when can I play it? <laughs> well, that's kind of like where they're in, an, in a very peculiar position because they're, they have so much funding. They have so much funding for it being a AAA title, but they're playing like they're developing it like they're indie game developers. Like they're like there are no expectations. Yeah, you don't have a a day for for you to uh, sit down and play this game on your console. We don't have any set date. This is just like a hail mary of a of a game development thing that has absurd an absurd amount of uh, funding for, and we're gonna write it out because mm. we got your money. Right. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's how I feel about it. Well, yeah, it, it's all right. So. If they truly are indie developers, they're developing a bit like that. You look at that versus Cyberpunk, right? Cyberpunk's produced by CD Projekt Red, which came up with the Witcher series. That was like their only uh, game that kind of like picked up. So after Witcher 3, even though the launch was so-so, the game was amazing. One of the highest rated single-player RPG games. Like it took a lot of awards, 10 out of 10s, 9 out of 10s. It was, it was fantastic. So... When they heard that, oh, the same company is developing Cyberpunk, this totally badass uh, 
universe series and they're, they're releasing all these previews and stuff and this is their first open world first person shooter you know people were excited and you know i think that's what it was it's like they had these high expectations because this is a trip somewhat of a triple a company fairly new but they can produce good games and they're releasing all these previews so people were excited star citizen like it's like a breadcrumb trail it's like okay we're we're kind of like it's like a slow build it's kind of like when you compare marvels versus dc when it comes to like the movies right you took you look at marvel's avengers movies right they did the movies very carefully and you know they took their time dc they released like three or four films went straight into like the big justice league movie and then it, it didn't do as great until people wanted to see the snyder cut and then and that's what's going to happen with cyberpunk people are going to be like well we want to see the the real cut of cyberpunk we want to see what it was what it really meant to be like one game i can compare that to is no man's sky when no man's sky came out that game was super hyped up fly because the game was advertised is you can fly in your ship in an endless procedurally generated universe of different planets and you can see different creatures that was the that was the gimmick to it it was like an endless exploration when it came out it didn't deliver right the there wasn't really a con a constructive story i mean it's still like kind of there it's a little ambiguous um the exploration was so so the uh, gameplay was also so so but now after like several updates over like past three or four years it's it's amazing and you know i picked it up uh, a couple of years ago and played with my friend and played by myself and i had a blast like it was fun and i'm hoping the same thing happens with cyberpunk and that's what some people are saying is well okay maybe on initial release it didn't do well but maybe later you know they'll fix it up and it'll, it'll be great hmm well i'm never going to touch no man's sky and here's the reason why. So my buddy Nathan, he uh, he lived like right next door to me. And I would let him go uh, come downstairs and play on my computer because he didn't have a rig. And he was like, hey, I want to put uh, No Man's Sky on here. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, cool. I heard all about the hype. And so he goes and he starts, starts to play it. He's like, man, this looks amazing. And then blue screen of death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no shit my computer was out no way. my computer was out for like three fucking days and you know what i had to do to fix it i just had to pop out that fucking cmos battery and the motherboard that's, that's it. funny that's it yeah but i always i continuously give him shit for that game i was like fuck that game i'm never gonna play it i don't even want to hear you about you playing it that game is fucking ass that's hilarious. Yeah, but like, <laughs> luckily, Cyberpunk, it didn't give me a bad taste in my mouth like that way. Well, the way that fucking No Man's Sky did. Right. Damn near brick. Well, it did break my computer. So, but Cyberpunk, I would like to see like a nice, well, I think it's not a, ma a matter of if, it's when. Because even with Street Fighter V, that game on launch, that game was ass. You only had like eight characters to choose from. Now you have... A big roster and the net play was god awful things were clunky but it is a game that plays natively in 60 frames per second mm. and with street fighter 6 when that comes out um from the the rumors quote unquote that i'm seeing on 
on Twitter. When that game comes out, quarter three, 2022, that game is supposed to be coming out running at 120 frames per second. Nice. You know how fucking crazy that is to me? Because that game already looks silky smooth to me already. And for it to be at 120 frames, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if my, my, if my eyeballs are going to be able to comprehend what I'm looking at. What worries me um, with the console, right? Because um, when PS5 and Xbox came out, they promised the games could be in 120 frames, 4K, whatever. But uh, I know one game that came out, Miles Morales, the, uh, the new Spider-Man game. Uh, you couldn't play that game in 60 frames per second and 4K at the same time. Like huh. if, if you wanted to play in 4K, it was in 30. But if you played in uh, regular 1920, 1080, then it was uh, it was sick. It was like 60 or above. And then you got to realize not everyone still has like a 4K TV, right? Right. Um, I have one, but not a, you know I don't have like a 4K monitor. Uh, even then, it's like, I think that, that like 120 uh, frames per second thing is a cool idea, but I feel like the technology is still not as accessible. I mean, I think true gamers will ha- already have that kind of stuff. When you look at average Joe Schmo playing on his TV, you know, 60, he's going to have a 60 hertz TV with, you know, 1080p. Maybe he has a 4K TV, but... I don't know if it can go up that high, but when you play talking about PC, it's a different it's different, right? Right. Most people who play PC already have that. So going back to indie games, like I know a lot of indie games started getting like uh you know, when they come out, it's usually just sixty frames per second, right? I mean It depends on the programmer and what they want with it. Because I mean you also have to look into like what kind of indie games uh you're trying to play because if it's something like a card game, it doesn't really matter if it's 60 frames or not. You can get away with just doing 30 frames. Mm. Nobody's going to pay attention to like the yeah. way a card falls onto the fucking mat. Like what? <laughs> Stupid. Cause I know, uh, escape from Tarkov for the longest time had a, uh, had a feature. You, you really couldn't go past, uh, 120, and, uh, you'd have to kind of like finagle your way to, to get a higher FPS. Now it's updated to where you can kind of adjust it, but I know that with indie games they do have their adjustments and patches and stuff that they they occasionally work on. One game in particular that I've been kind of keeping my eyes on was uh, it's this game called Small Saga. I want to pull it up really quick. Okay. So the game itself is pretty amazing. I played the demo. It's out for free, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fuck out of it, and. I was just blown away with like uh, the little nuances that it kind of references to. Yeah, I'm a loser. I like JRPG games, so this game. I love them too, man. This this kind of stuff is fun. Like the cool backdrops. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, whenever I was playing the demo, it kind of explains like what the hell is going on. But I just thought it was cute. <laughs> You know, like it does it, look cute. I, I would play this. Yeah, it, it's like it mixes in it being cute. And it like it, it tries to tug on the heartstrings, yeah, which I think is really amazing because it it shows that he cared about the the characters themselves, he cared about the development, and he cared about the writing, mm. and like he had he he had a clear vision. 
Yes. And you don't see that a whole lot with like, dude, like Hellblade. Fuck that game. That game was fucking ass. <laughs> and I'll be the first person to say that shit. And anybody that wants to think otherwise, dude, fight me. All right. I hate that fucking game. That was a waste of $12 if I've ever spent it. And I'm not. Oh, God. Like I am. <sighs> okay. To give, to give people some context, um, we're talking about Hellblade, Senua's uh, Revenge. I believe that's what it's called. Something like that. But uh, it's be fucking called Waste of My Goddamn Time, Hellblade, Senua's fucking Regret. Uh, I hate that game. If you don't know, it's basically a third person. I wouldn't call it an RPG. It's just an action Dude, it's a fucking puzzle game where you have to walk through stupid ass gates so that you can see the world in a different way through a fucking schizophrenic person. Cool. Awesome. Holy shit. How does that game get how does that game get so much funding? The great design dude, I am so certain that the people that worked in that game were just kind of wondering what the fuck is this? And then they're and then you end up looking at a cute game like fucking uh small saga, and you're like, damn, this is way more digestible than that fucking hunk of shit. Like, oh. everyone has a game that pisses them off to that point. And that was one of them more recently. I played it. I didn't complete it. Uh, I got it on the Xbox Game Pass. I Someone enjoyed it. It was fun to play. But um, I can see why Josh is frustrated. I mean, here's the thing. I think both games did have a vision. And they both wanted to go somewhere. But... Yeah, bring that vision to fucking Netflix where they'll buy it for a million dollars and then put it out there that way. Don't put it onto a fucking video game console. I don't want to play that shit. There there are certain games that act as a story. Uh, they're more like, okay, when you take games like that that are little too story-based, where the gameplay is just like you press a few buttons or you walk around. Um, there's a few games like, okay, okay like Detroit Become Human, right? <laughs> That game was funny just just because of uh, internet historian. He would just make he, he made he made that game look so much fun because of all the fucking <laughs> all the jokes and shit. So that's why I like it. Yeah, I would never play it. For me, I enjoy a game like that every now and then when I don't want to like actively play something. Uh, you but in that game though, there's there's a little bit more consequences. Whereas in Senua's Revenge, I mean, you die. So they have this mechanic where if you die, they say this tattoo is gonna like um engulf you and then you have to start all the way over but from what i've read that doesn't happen like people have tested it and they've died multiple times and they never had to restart the whole game so i thought that if i die too many times i'd have to start over like it was was a short game but if you made too many mistakes then you have to go back all the way from the beginning so i thought that was cool but then i found out that's not the case so I was a little disappointed and I was just like, I don't want to play this. How can you be disappointed into like what the develop, well, what the programmer was probably saving you from? Yeah. They saved you your fucking time. True. For that god awful fucking piece of shit of a game. Like, okay, this small saga game you brought up, I think is, uh, it's, it's wonderful, right? Um, I look at a game like that and I look at a game like Undertale, right? For me, Undertale was like groundbreaking to me. In what way? In in just the way they write, subvert your expectations, just like the way you play it is is uh it's basically if you don't know what Undertale is, it's kind of like Do they know what Undertale is? Okay. But like explain to me like what was 
All right. So with the game like Undertale, what was like a game that was very similar to that game that you played earlier on as a kid or earlier on in your life? So um, Undertale was really close to Earthbound, which I played uh, not to, I, I played I didn't play it when I was young, but uh, it also reminded me a little bit of like Pokemon because you're fighting creatures and, um, you know, it's like it's like your old school RPG. But uh, the gameplay is uh, a little different and the story is is without giving too much away. It just goes in two two crazy different directions, depending how you play it. And um, I thought that was cool. Like I like games like that where it's got like a somewhat of a karma system where every action you take has a significant uh, outcome on the ending. So I like games like that where your choices actually matter. Like I don't like games where uh, Senua's Revenge, where you take a choice but no matter what you're going to the same it's the same no matter what you do right yeah like there's no choices or or there's sometimes the illusion of a choice and that sometimes happened in cyberpunk uh for the most part cyberpunk had that but uh there are some games like like i don't know like like watchdog legions when i was playing that like when you kill certain people you said you choose to leave them alive it didn't matter it didn't like affect the end of the game you look at Dishonored, if, if you ever played Dishonored, that game had a difference too. Like if you were if you didn't kill anyone in the game, it changed the ending. Or if you did kill a bunch of people, then, you know, it made things worse. So I like games that have that influence. Uh, not all games need to have that like small saga. Like if it's a distinguished story that you want to tell then that's fine. You know, you don't need choices. That That's fine. If you're telling that character's story, right? Like we're talking about... Uh, but like it for, still gives you choice. Yeah, like like Final Fantasy VII kind of gives you the illusion of choice sometimes, like the remake, where it's like, oh, choose what flower you want to pick or choose who you want to take out on a date. And it's like, okay, like this is just fan service or whatever. This doesn't really matter because we're still talking about Cloud Strife. This isn't you. Like when you're playing, a game, like I like games where you can immerse yourself into that character, like in Dragon Age, like in Dragon Age, uh, you got that option as well, right? Uh, you can make any choice you want and it affected the outcome of the game. Um, I like stuff like that. Thank you.